And so we come to our readings for today. First from Psalm 111. Praise the Lord. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart in the company of the upright in the congregation. Great are the works of the Lord, studied by all who delight in them. Full of honour and majesty is his work and his righteousness endures forever. He has gained renown by his wonderful deeds. The Lord is gracious and merciful. He provides food for those who fear him and he is ever mindful of his covenant. He has shown his people the work, the power of his works in giving them the heritage of the nations. The works of his hands are faithful and just. All his precepts are trustworthy. They are established forever and ever to be performed with faithfulness and uprightness. He has sent redemption to his people. He has commanded his covenant forever. Holy and awesome is his name. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All those who practice it have good understanding. His praise endures forever. And our second reading is from Mark 1, 21 to 28. They went to Capernaum and when the Sabbath came, he entered the synagogue and taught. They were astounded at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority, not as the scribes. Just then there was a, in the synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, what have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit, throwing him into convulsions and crying with a loud voice, came out of him. They were all amazed and they kept asking one another, What is this? A new teaching with authority? He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. At once his fame began to spread throughout the region of Galilee. Thanks be to God for these words. Amen. How many of us can remember back to those teachers we had at school, the ones who shaped us and inspired us? For me, I remember the gloriously eccentric primary school teacher who taught us poetry and introduced me to Shakespeare and Dickens. The history teachers who were able to connect events from the 1920s and 30s with the present day. And even the university lecturers who managed to make New Testament Greek and the history of early patristic theology somehow interesting miracle makers clearly that they were and yet for all those wonderful experiences of teachers there is i guess for all of us that counterbalance of all of those pe teachers who seem to have a phd in sadism or a master's in brutality from loughborough university who somehow cheapened the whole process i remember that it was often the good teachers were the ones who, it wasn't so much what was being taught, but it was the way in which they delivered the teaching. 
There were those teachers with such passion for their subject that they sought to engage you, to speak to your heart, and they were the ones who allowed the process of learning to change you from the inside out. Good teachers can be life-changing. I had the good fortune years later to meet with the primary school teacher who had inspired me so much and to say thank you to her for all that she had done. The books that I might never have read had it not been for her teaching and the building blocks that she started. Teaching is one of the very highest of vocations and I know this because I keep getting told it every day by my wife and by my sister, who both of whom are teachers. Good teachers are one of the most precious resources that any country can possess. Nelson Mandela said that education is the most powerful weapon which you can use to change the world. No small wonder then that Jesus was primarily a teacher, if nothing else. His teaching changes the world. At the moment, our schools and universities are under the most extraordinary pressure. Staff are feeling tired and stretched. The uncertainty affects them just as, it, as much as it does the parents and the pupils and students. And trying to work out how to provide education remotely is a significant logistical challenge which creates added pressure. Alongside this, there are the concerns that teachers have for the welfare of their children under their care, especially the most vulnerable, whom they cannot maintain such good contact as they would like with at this time. It is right that we hold our schools and our universities in our prayers at this time. Our Gospel reading for today, right at the start of Mark's Gospel, has Jesus teaching and with authority. A teaching that the people had never heard before. And both the style and the substance of what he taught was life-changing, inspiring, challenging. It cut to the chase. It spoke into the hearts of the listeners. Beforehand, all they had heard was the teaching of the scribes, with their list of laws, their uninspiring message which somehow forgot to tell the people of God's love. But Jesus comes along, a message of repentance, turn your life around, look at the world, how God sees it, and his message transforms. His words resonate, they speak to the listener. The mind is not a vessel to be filled but rather it is a fire to be kindled. And once the fire of wisdom and learning has been rekindled, it can never go out. So the people's minds are transformed. They hear new ideas from Jesus, spoken with a passion and conviction that they have never encountered before. But then the teaching gets interrupted. I'm not sure that the, the talk of unclean spirits is necessarily particularly helpful. 
There is the danger with ascribing to evil that it is some form of demonic powers. It somehow diminishes our own sense of responsibility for the sins of our lives, our community, our church and our world. But also by labelling something as of spirits or hobgoblins or foul fiends, we somehow do not make them real. Evil somehow becomes a force and not the byproduct of our weaknesses, our willfulness and our selfishness. Evil becomes something beyond our power to confront and resist when that is clearly not the case. And Jesus demonstrates that by rebuking. He demonstrates that evil is there to be stood up to. Those who would stop the teaching of Jesus, those who endeavour to silence the very word of God, need to be told to shut up. Be silent. Stop being so rude. The teaching in our schools, our universities, and indeed our churches has been somewhat rudely interrupted over the past year. And it has consequences. Evil thrives on ignorance. We only have to look at the endeavours of those opposed to vaccines, these crazed anti-vaxxers who try to prevent us from moving on uh, beyond this pandemic. Or look at the conspiracy theories of the QAnon movement that are so successful in inciting fear and violence across the United States. And those are just two examples where ignorance seems to be trumping at the moment. For the voices of fear, ignorance and division, be they in our media, our politicians, the Mar-a-Lago complex in Florida, or even within our church, or even within our own minds. To those voices, a period of silence on your part would be welcome. Our resources are low. Our nerves are strained. We are finding it harder to listen out for the voices of truth and hope and peace. There are too many voices of ignorance and fear that are speaking up and interrupting. Many of us are struggling to cope. Many of us are grieving. And the natural reaction is therefore to go back in our minds to that which is familiar, to that which we already know, to those learnings that we have from the past, which we hope will be sufficient to keep us going. But let us not close ourselves off from the prospect of learning new things, even in these dark days. Let us allow the teachings of Jesus to inspire us afresh, to challenge us, comfort us, and free us. 
Let us not allow the lesser voices in our minds or our communities drown out and prevent us from hearing afresh what God might have to say to us. In T.H. White's The Once and Future King, uh, a variation on Mallory's Mordata, Merlin confronts King Arthur about the importance of learning to overcome his melancholia. The best thing for being sad, replied Merlin, beginning to puff and blow, is to learn something. That's the only thing that never fails. You may grow old and trembling in your anatomies. You may lie awake at night listening to the disorder of your veins. You may miss your only love. You may see the world about you devastated by evil lunatics or know your honour trampled in the sewers of baser minds. There is only one thing for it then, to learn. Learn why the world wags and what wags it. That is the only thing which the mind can never exhaust, never alienate, never be tortured by, never fear or distrust and never dream of regretting. Learning is the only thing for you. Look what a lot of things there are to learn. I'm minded of that phrase from Great is Thy Faithfulness. Morning by morning new mercies I see. There is still so much for us to learn of the ways of God even in these times. So although our teaching may be somewhat interrupted, although our resources are struggling at this time, there is still much that we can learn from Jesus. So what are the lessons from Jesus' teaching that you need to hear at this time? What are the voices in your life or in our community which need to be silenced so that we can truly hear the word of God? May God help us to hear aright, speak aright and live aright during these dark nights of the soul and forevermore. May we be open to learning afresh from the God who would teach us and heal us. Amen.